I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today's reading is Numbers chapters 33 and 34. In Numbers chapter 33, we have a recap of where they've been for the last 40 years. Beginning with verse 1, we see that Israel leaves Egypt. Verse 1. These are the journeys of the children of Israel, which went forth out of the land of Egypt with their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. And Moses wrote their goings out according to their journeys by the commandment of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their goings out. And they departed from Ramses in the first month on the fifteenth day of the first month. On the morrow after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with an high hand in the sight of all the Egyptians. For the Egyptians buried all their firstborn, which the Lord had smitten among them. Upon their gods also the Lord executed judgment. And the children of Israel removed from Ramses and pitched in Sukkoth. And they departed from Sukkoth and pitched in Etham, which is in the edge of the wilderness. And they removed from Etham and turned again into Pihahiroth, which is before Baal Zephon, and they pitched before Migdal. And they departed from before Pihahiroth and passed through the midst of the sea into the wilderness, and went three days' journey in the wilderness of Etham, and pitched in Marah. And they removed from Marah and came into Elam. And in Elam were twelve fountains of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, and they pitched there. And they removed from Elam and camped by the Red Sea. And they removed from the Red Sea and encamped in the wilderness of Sin. And they took their journey out of the wilderness of Sin and encamped in Dafka. And they departed from Dafka and encamped at Elish. And they removed from Elish and encamped at Rephidim, where no water was for the people to drink. And they departed from Rephidim and pitched in the wilderness of Sinai. And they removed from the desert of Sinai and pitched at Kibroth HaTeva. And they departed from Kibroth HaTeva and encamped at Hazaroth. And they departed from Hazaroth and pitched in Rithmah. And they departed from Rithmah and pitched at Rimen Perez. And they removed from Rimen Perez and pitched in Libna. And they removed from Libna and pitched at Rissa. And they journeyed from Rissa and pitched at Kihelatha. And they went from Kihelatha and pitched in Mount Shafer. And they removed from Mount Shafer and encamped in Hareda. And they removed from Hareda and pitched in Machhiloth. And they removed from Machhiloth and encamped at Tehoth. And they departed from Tehoth and pitched at Terah. And they removed from Terah and pitched in Mithkah. And they went from Mithkah and pitched in Hashmanah. And they departed from Hashmanah and encamped at Maseroth. And they departed from Maseroth and pitched in Benajaikin. And they removed from Benajaikin and encamped at Horhagadgad. And they went from Horhagadgad and pitched in Jotbatha. And they removed from Jotbatha and encamped at Ebronam. And they departed from Ebronam and encamped at Ezion Geber. And they removed from Ezion Geber and pitched in the wilderness of Zin, which is Kadesh. And they removed from Kadesh and pitched in Mount Hor in the edge of the land of Edom. 
And Aaron the priest went up into Mount Hor at the commandment of the Lord and died there in the fortieth year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt in the first day of the fifth month. And Aaron was 123 years old when he died in Mount Hor. And King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south in the land of Canaan, heard of the coming of the children of Israel. And they departed from Mount Hor and pitched in Zalmona, and they departed from Zalmona and pitched in Punon, and they departed from Punon and pitched in Oboth. And they departed from Oboth and pitched in Ijabram in the border of Moab, and they departed from Lem and pitched in Dibengad, and they removed from Dibengad and encamped in Amandiblatham, and they removed from Amandiblatham and pitched in the mountains of Abram before Nebo, and they departed from the mountains of Abram and pitched in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, and they pitched by Jordan from Beshemoth even unto Abel Shittim in the plains of Moab. Okay, so. Maybe this chapter is not the most interesting reading, but there's some very helpful information here. For instance, just from reading the incidents of Exodus through Numbers chapter 32, it may seem that Israel didn't often break camp and that they didn't often move on during their 40 years in the wilderness. However, there's a gap of 38 plus years of recorded activity that begins somewhere between the return of the spies in Numbers chapter 14 and the beginning of Numbers chapter 20. It can't be known with absolute certainty when exactly the events of chapters 15 to 19 took place, but number 16 reads like the events of that chapter took place at the beginning of the 38-plus years. Also, the instructions of numbers 17 and 19 appear to be given in the aftermath of the tragic events of numbers chapter 16. For that reason, I'm relatively certain that the 38-plus year gap takes place between numbers chapter 19 and numbers chapter 20, which, by the way, we specified in uh, that reading for that day, and the notes that we gave on that reading. Here in Numbers chapter 33 bridges that gap by giving the route which Israel took during this time in verses 19 to 36. This is the only place in Scripture where we get a complete overview, although it doesn't have any details, a complete overview of the wilderness journey. The 17 campsites mentioned in verses 19 to 36 between Rithma and Kadesh, or the places at which Israel set up in the desert, from their return from Kadesh into the desert of the way to the Red Sea, which we find in Numbers chapter 14, verse 25, until the reassembling of the whole congregation in the desert of Zin, or sometimes called Sin, in Kadesh in Numbers chapter 20, verse 1. Now, you might be asking, why are the journeys of Israel so vague? I mean, the maps, why aren't they more detailed? Well, the reason is that most of the place names where the Hebrews traveled were campsites, not cities, and thus they can't be identified with any certainty today. Centers of activity come and go. For example, if I ask 100 people in my community where Kenwood, Georgia is located, I seriously doubt that 10 people out of that 100 could tell me. 50 years from now, it will be likely that no one will remember that. It's no longer found on most maps and remains as just a memory for our county's old-timers who used to gather around the country store at the train depot located there in Kenwood, Georgia. It even had its own post office in that time. That's the way it is with regard to the mapping of Israel's journeys in the wilderness. We simply have no accurate record regarding the exact location of most of these campsites. Now, incidentally, if you want to look at the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today, I've actually provided a chart complete with all the names that we just read 
and which ones fell within the first year and the last year and which ones were in that period in between when they just wandered and we don't have any other recording there. And then I've also provided a map which shows some of the places that we do know uh, there on the Sinai Peninsula and over on the east side of Jordan and all the way over to Egypt. In chapter 33, verses 50 to 56, we find, here we are, now what do we do? Verse 50, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, and saying to them, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their pictures, and destroy all their molten images, and quite pluck down all their high places. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land, and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. And ye shall divide the land by lot for an inheritance among your families, and to the more ye shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer ye shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers ye shall inherit. But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. Moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. Well, at this point, Israel set up on the east side of the Jordan River across from Jericho. That's just east of the north side of the Dead Sea. They're ready to go into Canaan, but first some instructions about what to do when they get there are in order. Verse 52 says it well. Then ye shall drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their pictures, and destroy all their molten images, and quite pluck down all their high places. Paganism, polytheism, and the people who are involved all must go. Verse 53 says that Israel is to evict those folks. Later we see in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 4, it says this, Speak not thou in thine heart after that the Lord thy God has cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord doth drive them out from before thee. A similar statement is made concerning the banishment of these people from Canaan in Leviticus chapter 18, verses 27 and 28. Verse 54 explains the process whereby Israel shall determine which tribes move where after crossing the Jordan River into Canaan. It's the lottery. Casting lots was the supernatural way that Israel made decisions back then. Now, if you'd like more information on the process of casting lots, why they did it, how they did it, and so forth, then look at the BibleTrack.org notes for July the 31st. Uh, that specifically is the notes that accompany Proverbs chapter 16, and I have an article there on the right side of the page entitled The Practice of Casting Lots, and it gives some scripture references where you'll be able to get a complete overview. So what if Israel chooses not to drive out the current inhabitants of Canaan? Well, there's your answer in verse 55. It says, Those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your side, and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. After a seven-year campaign of Israel inhabiting Canaan, they did not manage to drive out all the previous citizens from the land. And just as verse 55 said, those previous residents turned out to be a problem, a huge problem. Now when we get over to Numbers chapter 34, keep in mind Israel's ready to go over the Jordan River into Canaan, and Moses goes over with them the survey of the new land. Verse 1. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land of Canaan, this is the land that shall fall unto you for an inheritance, even the land of Canaan, with the coast thereof. Then your south quarter shall be from the wilderness of Zen, along by the coast of Edom, and your south border shall be the outmost coast of the Salt Sea eastward. And your border shall turn from the south to the ascent of Akrabim, and pass on to Zen. And the going south thereof shall be from the south to Kadesh Barnea, and shall go on from Hazer Adar, and pass on to Asmon. And the border shall fetch a compass from Asmon unto the river of Egypt, and the goings out of it shall be at the sea. And as for the northern border, ye shall even have the great sea for a border. This shall be your west border. And this shall be your north border. From the great sea ye shall point out for you Mount Hor. From Mount Hor ye shall point out your border unto the entrance of Hamath. And the goings forth of the border shall be to Zedad. And the border shall go on to Ziphron. And the goings out of it shall be at Hazer Enon. This shall be your north border. And ye shall point out your east border from Hazer Enon to Shephem. And the coast shall go down from Shephem to Riblah on the east side of Ain. And the border shall descend and shall reach into the side of the sea of Kinnereth eastward. And the border shall go down to Jordan, and the goings out of it shall be at the salt sea. This shall be your land with the coast thereof round about. And Moses commanded the children of Israel, saying, This is the land which ye shall inherit by lot which the Lord commanded to give unto the nine tribes and to the half-tribe. For the tribe of the children of Reuben, according to the house of their fathers, and the tribe of the children of Gad, according to the house of their fathers, have received their inheritance, and half the tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance. The two tribes and the half-tribe have received their inheritance on this side, Jordan, near Jericho, eastward, toward the sun-rising." So we see here that they haven't crossed over Jordan yet, but Moses is very specific about what property is to be Israel's for possession. Some of these names are no longer locatable on a map because they simply cease to be called by that name after that time. The place names for the eastern, western, and southern borders are relatively easy to find on a map. The names given in this account for the northern border, extending into today's Lebanon and Syria, well, they mention names that are no longer used. We do have a general idea of the location of that northern border. Verses 14 and 15 make reference to the fact that Gad, Reuben, and half of Manasseh stayed on the east side of the Jordan River. A point of clarification is in order here. Take note of Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. says, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Now, that describes an area from the Nile to the Euphrates. That passage has caused some confusion because the tribes of Israel didn't actually inhabit all that land when they arrived in the book of Joshua, nor is that large of a land survey specified in this passage. However, later on, King David did, in fact, control the territory all the way over to the Euphrates. We see this in Second Samuel chapter 8, verse 3. Where it says there, David smote also Hadad-Ezer, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah, as he went to recover his border at the river Euphrates. So while the Israelites didn't choose to live that far away, nonetheless, David's kingdom and control extended all the way to that point, thus fulfilling the promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. So to put it more succinctly, 
Israel's living area was smaller than the actual kingdom area, which would be given and which would be controlled when the covenant with Abraham would be fulfilled under King David. Then we find in verses 16 to 29 the organizing of the lottery. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, These are the names of the men which shall divide the land unto you, Eleazar the priest, and Joshua the son of Nun. And he shall take one prince of every tribe to divide the land by inheritance. And the names of the men are these, of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and of the tribe of the children of Simeon, Shemuel, the son of Amihud, of the tribe of Benjamin, Eladad, the son of Kislon, and the prince of the tribe of the children of Dan, Bukai, the son of Joglai, the prince of the children of Joseph, for the tribe of the children of Manasseh, Hanael, the son of Ephod, and the prince of the tribe of the children of Ephraim, Kemuel, the son of Shiphtan, and the prince of the tribe of the children of Zebulon, Elizaphon, the son of Parnach, and the prince of the tribe of the children of Issachar, Patael, the son of Azon, and the prince of the tribe of the children of Asher, Ahihud, the son of Shelemai, and the prince of the tribe of the children of Naphtali, Pedahel, the son of Amihud. These are they whom the Lord commanded to divide the inheritance into the children of Israel in the land of Canaan. All right, so here's what we just read. What we've just seen is appointing a man from each tribe to be responsible for dividing up the land. So here's the list. Eleazar, that's Aaron's son and now high priest, and Joshua, who was Moses' successor, are placed in charge of overseeing the whole process. Now, again, if you'd like to see notes on the actual lottery that took place to allocate the land... Go look over the notes on Joshua chapter 19 on BibleTrack.org, and there you'll see a map of the tribal allotments that uh, ended up being where the tribes lived after the lottery was held and the tribes were allocated their property. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.BibleTrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.